Hey friends, it's Iva. I need you to do me three favors. First of all, subscribe to Intravenous wherever you are listening. Number two, share your favorite podcasts and promos on social media to get the word out about the podcast to your friends. That would really help me a lot. And number three, support our 360 News. You can follow us on social media at our360news or you can subscribe on the web www.our360.news. We only post once a month with a newsletter of a story that other news outlets aren't covering and breaking news that no one else is covering. Yes, yes. Are you still doing Birmingham School of Law? I put it off until, well, I didn't put it off. I drug my butt, my feet um, in applying, so I'm starting next fall. Okay, I start in January. Yeah, I. it was, um, I was really kind of frustrated with myself for that, but then I was like, okay, you know. There are some things I need to do, and I just think that God was telling me to get that out of the way first. Don't feel bad. I put mine off for a year. Yeah, I'm not. Okay. I I was feeling bad for like that day or two. Okay. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> you still got your freedom. <laughs> you know? Like. Today, we have a very special <laughs> host, a very special guest. This is actually a very special occurrence. Um, I volunteered to, to kind of bring things in so I can make a seamless handoff here. So today, on Intravenous with Iva, the host is not <laughs> Iva Benjamin. <laughs> <laughs> we have the wonderful... The accomplished, the illustrious. Oh, I love it. Teresia Huffman. <laughs> Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It is a pleasure to be back and to be in this seat. I feel honored to be able to interview you, Iva. You and I have had many conversations. I remember us sitting back in Pazitz and me asking you, when is it going to be someone else's turn to interview you? And you were like, who would do it? And I started naming people like Mayor Woodfin or Lindsay or just naming people. And you were like, nah, they would be scared to interview me. And I said, why? <laughs> <laughs> and you told me they Man, know too much. you just threw all of us <laughs> under the bus. <laughs> I said, why would they be afraid to interview you? And it's like, they're scared. They know too much. <laughs> so I came back and said, you know what? I want to do it. Yeah. And he said, let me think about it. And think about it came to about five text messages after. And he was like, you know what? I like this idea. Let's do it. Yeah. So here we are. My name is Teresia Huffman, and I am here to interview Iva Benjamin Williams. Now, you are, first of all, let's make this clear. You're setting a precedent. Okay. So uh -oh. if this goes bad, I'm never doing it again. 
this this very might be my first and last. Okay. Um, but back to that conversation, um, you know, the more I thought about it, the more I was like, okay, you're completely neutral. But what was the main reason I told you it was? Because I wanted to. Yeah. 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 Like you wanted to. It's getting somebody else to do it. You you have to bring them along and coast them into it. But it's like, okay, well, if she wants to do it, I'm sure she's going to bring the right energy. Because as he said, you are so accomplished. That That's a no-brainer. Well, if I'm so accomplished, it's because of the God I serve. So. Amen to that. All right. So you ready for your joke? <sighs> what you got for us? Come on, Iva. You, you better make me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> No what mess. does a deaf gynecologist do? They read lips. <laughs> I quit. <laughs> Where do you get these jokes? <laughs> People send them to me and keep sending them, y'all. Keep sending them. <laughs> Your turn. Okay. Okay. How did the turtle with no arms or legs get across the freeway? I'll give you a hint. No, I just. No, I'm going to give you a hint. Take the F out of free and the F out of way. What? Take the F out of free uh-huh. and the F out of way. <laughs> that was it. See, you had to be smart to get that joke. <laughs> Shout out to Ramsey. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> F out of the way. There you go. You're not going to say the answer out loud? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, somebody got to say it. You. There's no F in way. <laughs> <laughs> so, mm-hmm. I have a question for you before you get started. Wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, that's what you didn't know. It's going to go both ways. Okay. Why did you want to interview me? Oh, that's easy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if it's so easy, let's hear it. I w- I'm intrigued. Whenever, so when we first met, I remember we met on Mayor Whitman's campaign, and you came up to me, and you were like, Tarisha Huffman, you know, I'm <laughs> such a big fan. I was just like, who is this weirdo <laughs> coming up to me asking for <laughs> <laughs> I was not ready. Right. But then I was like, wait a minute. Why does he post these inappropriate things on Facebook? <laughs> <laughs> like things you're too embarrassed that, to like and comment that on. That is not me. Somebody is hacking my page. I, I, I Which of those three accounts? <laughs> right. <laughs> Man. And then, you know, you and I started meeting for lunch and sitting down, and I realized that you just have so much wisdom and knowledge 
when it comes to Birmingham and people and understanding politics and understanding friendships and understanding the lay of the land. And I was just like, people need to know this side of you and not just this, I'm trying to be the next Kevin Samuel side of you. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all right. Y'all going to be. No. That relationship advice show going to be fine. Watch. Just you wait and see. Hmm. Just you wait and see. (laughs) Are you going to watch it? I will be here to record it, so <laughs> he won't have a choice. I won't have a choice. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Eric. I mean, I be, I bring him along with all of my dastardly deeds. <laughs> I'm starting to feel like it's abuse. <laughs> oh, is that what it is? You don't, you don't I'm, have... t- I'm typically a willing participant. I'm blinking. I need help. <laughs> Interviews usually ask a series of questions to choose either or. Okay. So I got some for you. Okay. Okay. All right. Love Jones or Love and Basketball? Wow. Hmm. I'm going to say Love Jones because of the the little poem he said. Like, yeah, that was. I'm a I'm a big Lorenz Tate fan. Okay. Yeah. I like Lorenz. Oh, yeah. I like him. And I actually met him um, in, in Magic City, Atlanta. Mm, at the strip club. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And um, I have a picture. It's the two of us and my brother-in-law from my first marriage at Magic City, Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> With Lorenz Tate. <laughs> okay. So you like the strip clubs. Yeah. All right, well, let me ask you this. Magic City or Onyx? Oh, man. That's kind of, They're different. Okay. One's a gentleman's club. They're, and, they're both gentlemen's club. Oh, really? I'm talking about Onyx in Atlanta. I'm so ashamed. <laughs> <laughs> Neither. Blue Flame. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm a purist. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Will Smith or Chris Rock? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> you came with some good ones. Um, man. I'm going to have to go with Chris Rock. I want to go with Will. I love me some Big Willie. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to have to I'm going to have to go with Rock. I'm I'm still I'm still a little disappointed in, in our in our guy but he he will be redeemed i heard in this new movie mm-hmm. hopefully he'll i think it would be poetic justice for him to win the oscar and not be there able to go get it i think you know everybody will be you know that's everyone taking one on the cheek if you will okay <laughs> <laughs> i like to play on words Andre 3000 or Tupac? 3000. Okay. <laughs> I couldn't even get it out. Okay. <laughs> Would you rather kick it with Beyonce or Rihanna? Oh, Rihanna. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, B is cool. I'm not trying to get on the bad side of the beehive, but mm-hmm. I'm not, you know. Okay. Beyonce just all right. So what you want to do with Rihanna? You kick it. Rihanna just seems like she be so <laughs> off the chain. You know what I'm saying? Like her personality, I I just think she'd be a, fun to hang out with. 
She a rock star. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Intravenous or red table talk? <laughs> Is that Jada Pinkett? Yep. Oh, definitely intravenous. <laughs> <laughs> if you put one up, I would have given it some consideration. All right. Those are my questions. All right. My turn. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. This goes both ways. All right. Uh, what is your favorite color? Black. Hmm. What is your favorite pastime to do here in Birmingham? Hmm. I haven't done it in a while, but skating. Oh, fun. Yeah. I enjoy skating. Like, I can skate backwards, spin, all of it. Okay. Yeah. What is your favorite sport? Basketball. Who is your favorite pro team? So it's different now when you think about pro basketball because uh-huh. I feel like back in the day people actually went for teams and now it's based on players. <laughs> players. Yeah. So who are your who are give me three of your favorite players? Can they be retired? Sure. Okay. Um, Ray Allen. Mm-hmm. Of course, you got to throw in MJ. You got to say Michael Jordan. But putting Jesus Shuttlesworth in that, that was, that was, yeah, that was dope. He, I mean, he didn't miss. He's like one of the best shooters. <laughs> the fact that you chose him and not um, Steph, you know, shows you're a big fan. Yeah, I am. <laughs> and I'm going to go with LeBron. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. That's all I had. Who are your top three? Top three. Um, Michael. Um, Kobe. Okay. And Wilt. All right. I met Kobe and Ray during All-Star one year. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. That would be awesome. Yeah. Vanessa was, like, very protective of Kobe, so (laughs) she went (laughs) None of that. (laughs) But Ray and I was able to get a picture with Ray. Okay. And Shaq as well. Okay. Yeah. What else you got? What else I got? Mm. (laughs) I got something for you. Okay. I I have an idea. I think you might be able to answer this after he after I pitch this to him. Mm-hmm. So one of the themes we have going for season two is uh, we are Birmingham. We are Birmingham. And I, I love that you came up with that just because it fits so seamlessly. So, Iva, <laughs> what makes you so Birmingham? Mm. Mm. Um, Good one. I'm, I'm sure there are a lot of people that love Birmingham as much as me, but few love it more. Um, I think that I have, I think I've paid my dues here in, in a way that I have a, I have a right to comment <laughs> on things that go right. I have a right to comment on things that go wrong. I have learned and studied my city to the point where I think I have impacted her in the best way I possibly could by encouraging and um, even helping some really, really good people who I am a really, really big fan of to sit in elected seats and appointed seats so that 
um, this city can continue to be for our children what it was for us. That's what makes me so Birmingham. I love it. <laughs> Which is why you're in this seat today. <laughs> <laughs> maybe so, maybe so. Now you have to say why you th- why you think. Wait a minute. He's so Birmingham. That's how that, that's how that goes. Yeah, that's how that goes. I am so Birmingham. No, no, no. no. Why you think say. he? Oh. What what makes Iva so Birmingham? He's, why is Iva so Birmingham? Because you champion Birmingham. Um, I love how you rally behind the people you support. I love how you're vocal about the people you don't. (laughs) (laughs) I love how, what I love, you're so Birmingham is that it's almost like you hear the conversations that we have in private and you will make them public Mm. and make it an issue and address them. Um, you're so Birmingham that you can walk the streets of anywhere and everyone knows who you are. The <laughs> fact that I could talk to my Uncle Earl, who is 80 years old, and say, Ivan, he was like, yeah, I know Ivan's daddy, his granddaddy. <laughs> I know Ivan. <laughs> That's right. And I could talk to someone my age, and they know who you are. Like, you are a generational name, and that you're so Birmingham because of that, and you're so Birmingham that people know they can't get elected without you. People know that we can't have change without you. And people know that you need to be at the table when tough conversations are being made. Our 360 News will provide unbiased and unfiltered coverage of events, issues, and policies that impact communities throughout Alabama. We aim to report on matters that resonate with overlooked and marginalized people in our cities and states by providing a platform to amplify our concerns and our voices. In addition, our website, social media channels, and new media endeavors are fact-checked thoroughly to serve our communities with integrity in the tradition of American journalism. Go to our360.news and sign up for our newsletter, and also check out our 360 News on Facebook. Like and share. All right, Iva Benjamin Williams. The third. The third, Trey. <laughs> <laughs> How can we find you on social media? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Where can we find Man, you on social media? I've, I've just, I was, that's too much. Let's just. Let's just put it at Intravenous 205. Okay. If you, if you find the podcast, you'll find me and the rest of me. And, and the other five accounts. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What has been the highlight of Intravenous for you so far? Mm, having my dad on. Um, I really want to revisit that, too, in next season. And maybe do two or three parts, but um, in in the past few years, he's opened up. There are parts of my dad I had no idea about. Like he sold us a really bullshit um, story about him in Vietnam. Turns out, like he told us, oh, you know, I was just out of the way doing accounting. Like, which never really made sense. And in the past couple of years, he shared that he really was, you know, in the fighting and um, 
came to a couple of times where he almost lost his life. Um, talk about my life and my story. I want to get his out there. And so kind of playing with that and being at the cusp of it and seeing what I might be able to do with it, I'm kind of excited about. Speaking of stories, who are you? Who is Iva Benjamin Williams III? Mm. Dang. <laughs> um, let me tell you who I'm not first. Okay. All right. I am not the unfeeling, um, cold, callous person that people think I am. I'm really sensitive. I'm really emotional. Um, I am just very private and I try to be fair. I can't say I have always been perfect, mm -hmm. but I try to be honest about every endeavor. And I try not to let um, feelings, emotions, um, sensibilities, friendships. I don't let any of that get in the way. Um, I feel like I'm Gabriel's sword. That's who I am. Okay. I am an, you know... I'm a man of war and God had angels and used people to um, mess things up and, 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 you know, stir up the order. And so I just, I think that's who I am and, and I think that's my purpose. To stir up the order. Yep. I remember listening to a podcast with Oprah. She was interviewing someone, and the person said, you know, when you are a child, God whispers basically your purpose to you. Um, the lady was saying, like, when she was a little girl, she used to ask for Post-it notes and how she ended up being, like, an executive. What was it in your life as a child that God whispered to you to let you know you would be this person who stir up chaos or stir up the order? Mm. I don't think I can answer that mm -hmm. because if anything, I think I, I realized it one day. I, I think I was already moving in it with, with no purpose, with no, with no design, with no, you know, thought. All I knew was that I didn't like it. I didn't, I didn't know I was acting out. You know what I'm saying? I had no direction. And I think I started, I, he, he revealed things to me the older I got, mm -hmm. the soberer I got. And he, he, he made me understand that nothing that I was doing was for me, but it was all for him. And once I understood that, 
then I was, my way became clearer. I like how you, you kind of tied into my next question. Um, you being sober and God tying into that. Who has God been to you at your lowest and who has God been to you at your highest? Mm. At my lowest, he was air. He was oxygen. He was, there was a time where, and, and this goes to a question that I have for the next season, so it's interesting that you asked me that, but um, I had fallen so low that he was the only one that could get me out. There was no doubt in my mind. There was, it, 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 it wasn't my mother and my father. It was not my pastor. It was not my friends. I was at a point where I didn't want to live. And the only, the only thing that there was for me was God's word through gospel music. Mm -hmm. And I would sit there crying and bawling, but being inspired at the same time. And that made me get into the Bible more and made me listen a little more to the word. And so um, I, I, I grew up in the church, but I woke up one day and I knew that you know, he had been there for me all along and he'd just been waiting on me. Um, what was the other part of that? Your highest. At my highest, um, I think, I think I'm at my highest right now. I'm not where I want to be, but I have no doubt about my thoughts my clarity, my my compass, um, who I'm doing it for and what I'm doing it for. I think that my maturity, if anything, it is I've I've outpaced selfishness. Like I I really really think I have a good I. I'm not saying I I'm, I don't have any selfishness. I'm just saying I know when I'm doing it, you know. Right. Um, but, yeah, just walking in purpose is just amazing. It, it, it's, it's, it's better than any of the riches I've ever dreamed. It's better than, you know, anything, just knowing that... Um, knowing that God is happy with me or believing that God is happy with me and I'm and I'm trying to work walk in his his light. Going back to your lowest and you being sober, one of the qualities that I like about you is that you own your mistakes, you share your story, you don't let anyone hold that over you. Talk to me a little about what that space in your life dealing with addiction and what that space was like for you. 
And mm-hmm. why? And why do you feel it's necessary for you to share it with others? The reason. The the last question. The reason I'm here to share it with others is because. You know, and most of the things I do, ain't nobody else going to do it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, ain't nobody else going to say it. And I don't see people around. And and it's A-A-N-A for a reason. I'm not knocking it. But what I do know is that my sponsor publicly shares his story. And my fall was so public. I mean, I'm it's the worst kept secret in town. And so when you fall so loud and so hard and, and in front of everybody, then, you know, it's almost liberating. It's mm-hmm. it's freeing. You can't hold nothing against me. Everybody knows. <laughs> you know, you can, you the one with secrets. Not me. And so I never want to get back into that. Okay. I never want to be that again. You're not going to hold anything over me. And so. um, Tell me about when you knew. Because what I've seen when people battle with addiction is that it's almost like they live in a moment and they don't know. But how did you know? What was your lowest for you to say, I got to get out of this. I can't ever do this again. What did that environment look like? What were you doing in the moment? Judge Nikita Blockton. Well, at the time, she was my attorney. Okay. And she told me, if you don't stop drinking and drugging, you're going to lose your children. Hmm. Say less. Like shit. Cold turkey. Done. Over. No need because they're everything to me. And so whatever it took to get on the path to my kids, that's what I was gonna do. Now I have to I have to say, um I went in and out of admitting a problem, denying the problem manipulating um, the people around me. You know, you, you admit it to get out of shit with everybody and then next thing you know, you're doing... So I I, I did the false starts and I played the games and, and that's why I am the way I am now. I know that bullshit when I see it. I, I, I played those games. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, living it... And another thing about being public, I don't care if it's about cocaine, alcohol, or going to law school. I say stuff out loud so my friends can hold me accountable. You know, everybody always talking, you know, move in silence. That's because you a pussy. <laughs> that's, because, that's because you're a procrastinator. That's because you're afraid. That's because you are uh, afraid of not achieving what you want to achieve. Uh-uh. I say it out loud. That way I ain't got no choice. You're right. 
Well, I'm proud of you, and congratulations on being sober and beating addiction. Yeah. I'm so proud of you. Yeah, November was nine years, so I'm excited about, wait, was it eight or nine? I don't remember. <laughs> it's either eight or nine, but I'm looking forward to ten. Ten is coming soon. We got to yeah. do something for your ten. Yeah, that's going to be fun. I might have a drink. No, I'm playing. <laughs> talk, to, talk to me about fatherhood and how that has changed you oh man um I'll tell you the thing the way fatherhood has changed me the most is by is is from having it taken from me and having to fight in court for visitation, to have to fight and you know uh, jump through hoops and play games for years to see my daughter. Wow! And so I cherish it in a way. I don't take anything for granted. Um, I literally right now am in the process of mending with my oldest son, which has been a, just a beautiful, beautiful thing. Um, you know, having a little one and, and not only that, but that girl energy is just way different, <laughs> you know? Um, so yeah, um, I think... I had my boys at, when I was young and, you know, I'm going to raise my kids like this. And, you know, I had everything worked out, you know. Now I'm I'm more of a granddad to my daughter <laughs> than a dad, you know what I mean? So, um, you know, going from, you know, having it all figured out and knowing what needed to be done from a place of young, dumb, and full of cum to having the actual knowledge and wisdom to say, you know what, let's let's take this different approach. It's been it's been amazing. What advice do you have for fathers who are trying to mend relationships with adult children? And for fathers who are fighting for the rights of their children? Um, Greg Stanley was here um, a couple of weeks ago. And we were talking about the prodigal son. Mm -hmm. And as it relates to dealing with adult children, I think there's no better parable, there's no better story. Um, easier said than done. But that's that's the path. Okay. Uh, that 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 is definitely the path. Um, you know. Our job is to show love. And 
you know, he'll do the rest. Okay. As it relates to um, getting time, going to court and all that to get visitation and all that with your young children, I have three things, as a matter of fact. Number one, talk to your state, state legislator about non-custodial parents' rights, right? The custodial parent in the state of Alabama basically dictates everything. And so there, you know, I'm not here trying to advocate for any specific um, thing, but non-custodial parents have need to have some rights. Okay. Um, don't try to, I, it's daunting. Don't try to fight that system without an attorney. You're going to get jammed up. But if you can't, if you can't, better say your prayers and go in there and fight for your kids than not do anything because of a adversarial judge. <clears throat> um, and number three, um, I would say pray because that's a situation where you need a um, the the custodial parent's heart to come to a certain place, and you need a judge's heart to come to a certain place, and the families and all this kind of stuff. You need all of that to happen. And I just believe that only God can make that happen. Um, and so you need strength. You know, you need resources. You need your wits about you. Mm -hmm. So pray. Oh, and, and one last thing. Definitely get some therapy. Yes. Definitely yeah. get some therapy because um, not only... Are you having a hard time? But, you know, you need to be prepared for when those kids come. You know, you don't want to overwhelm them or anything like that. So I'm going to lighten it up a little. Yeah. Since you have a daughter. <laughs> were you a player back in your day? Because, <laughs> you know, Nas in his song Daughter says that God gives daughters to the men who were pimps back in the day. Is that so what it is? That's so I'm asking you. Um, I don't know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> time to fuck out. <laughs> wait, wait. Let me finish. Let me finish first. Let me finish. I would. Okay, some would say maybe a little bit, mm -hmm. but. <laughs> If I compare myself to people around me, not so much. So that's my answer. And he's sticking to it. <laughs> Y'all stop looking at me because that was flowing so beautifully. I, I wanted to fade into the background and let y'all do your thing. But I, I wasn't going to let you get away with that shit. Every dude knows the yes or no answer to that. And I, was, I wasn't going to let you do that. But I would have did the same thing. 
Yeah, you'll be back. Remember that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, let me say this. Um, if I had it all to do over again, I would do it differently. Okay. Yeah, you so. broke a lot of women's hearts, huh? We broke each other's hearts. <laughs> we broke each other's That's hearts. fair. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> that is fair. <laughs> okay. All, All right. right. That 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 does that pass muster? Sure. Sure. I, I need to interview the the women. <laughs> no, 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 no. That we will not be doing. Okay. <laughs> hey friends, it's Iva. I need you to do me three favors. First of all, subscribe to Intravenous wherever you are listening. Number two, share your favorite podcasts and promos on social media to get the word out about the podcast to your friends. That would really help me a lot. And number three, support our 360 News. You can follow us on social media at our360news or you can subscribe on the web, www.our360.news. We only post once a month with a newsletter of a story that other news outlets aren't covering and breaking news that no one else is covering. All right, we're back. Iva Benjamin <laughs> Williams III, former known as Pimp Iva. <laughs> pimp pie, but you know. <laughs> so you admit. Now you admit it. No, 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 no. That was that was slick that the way you like did. That sounds like admission, doesn't it? That was slick the way you did. That. I am only here to spin records. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So a lot of people who know you for your your political work. You have helped President Obama, Mayor Whitfin and even Senator Katie Britt. <laughs> <laughs> what does it take for you to stand behind an elected or someone interested in running in politics? How do they gain your support? That's a that's a trick question. No, it's not. It's it a real is, question. Because how I'm, do you go I'm, from an Obama to I'm a Katie Britt? To, I'm going to... Oh, okay. Well, let me answer that question. Okay. <laughs> But you're going to come back and answer the other one, too. Well, all right. What does it take to get my support? I have to break that down like this. Okay. How it used to be and now, right? How it used to be was the, the first friend that came along and I thought they were worthy. I'm going to sign up. And I'm going to ride with you. But what does worthy look like for you? That's why I say it's what it was. Because back in that time, it's like, okay, we're all coming up together. I have a, I love this little saying as it relates to relationships, but it, it relates to life, right? In your 20s, you're going through everything and you actually think you, you you're seeing it all. In your 30s, you think you've seen it all and you start saying that bullshit, right? (laughs) 
Then in your 40s, okay, your body still good, your mind, I think your 40s are prime. I think 40 is the epitome of age, right? But in your 50s, you start seeing patterns. You've seen it so many times, you can tell people what's about to happen next. And so back in the day, I didn't see, I didn't know patterns. Now I've known these people for 20, 30, 40 years. And so just because you're a friend now, and you're a good person, I've known you long enough to know you ain't finna do shit. I've known you long enough to know you just need a job. I know how I know you're plotting on something else. And so that's why I say how I make my decisions now is completely different. And and I can't answer it because I'm not getting behind anybody else anymore. Unless unless Randall runs for president <laughs> or one of my children runs for office, I'm moving to the background. I don't want to be um I'm not going to call names, but I don't want to be the people that I shoot at. I don't want nobody shooting at me like I shoot at people. Oh, because you a shooter. I'm going to shoot, and I'm going to shoot till I hit. I know. I mean, I'm not going to stop. And so my thing is, now, I just want to sit back and see what decisions... All of you wonderful people who are in these decision-making places, I trust. And so it's just about what I see. So now to go to how do I go from a Barack Obama figure to a Katie Brick figure, that's because I, here again, do not operate in feelings. I do not operate in what should be. I don't operate in none of that. I operate in what can and will be. I operate in numbers. And as it relates to the state of Alabama, this shit is red, super red. So if you want to be relevant, if you want to uh, have a voice, all that hopey changey shit ain't going to work. You got to sit down and 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 operate from it's easy to get everybody on your side when you are rah rah everybody's with you but can you get things done when everybody's against you so that's my thing i'm about getting stuff done i don't care about likes and hearts and shares on social media and nah I'm I am completely cool with getting done what I want to get done and nobody ever know I was involved. What I have in one of our many conversations you said something to me and I, I'm gonna get the quote wrong, but you said supporters will look like supporters. And what I got from that is, you know, supporters will look like supporters, friends will look like friends, and vice and on. For you in this political arena, I know how ugly it can get. How have you dealt with losing friendships and the betrayal that comes in this world, in this political world? Um, hmm. 
let me say this first. You know, obviously I didn't lose any real friends. So that that's how you really deal with it. That's the crux of it, right? Okay. But specifically, um, I'm I'm the type of person, or I try to be the type of person that makes everyone who engages me feel something. It's going to be good or bad. I can make you have a visceral negative response to me if I choose. But for the most part, I want you to like me. That's what I make people believe. I don't care. Most people who think they are my friends, they are associates that I think highly of and I want well for, but they are not my friends. I don't, I've gone through life and I've learned what real friendship looks like. And that's why I made that comment to you. Friends look like friends. You ain't going to have no doubt about it. There will be no doubt in your mind. When you are with a friend, if you have any doubt whatsoever, I'm not saying you have to separate and vilify. Just know who you're dealing with. Keep it moving. That's good. What what does someone get with your friendship? Mm, I'll die for you. I really will. I will ride or die for you. And that is why, you know, I, I, I took that into every, what I thought to be a friendship <laughs> coming coming along. I, I put all that kind of energy into everybody I meet. Because I think if I do that, they're going to give it back. No, they're not. And so my friends, oh, they, they, they can answer the question best. You know, I, I think about them. I try to do for them. You know, I'm going to just keep it real. I honestly believe that if we're not making money with or for each other, if we're not trying to advance one another's careers and positions and whatnot, if we're not revealing opportunities to one another, if we are too fucked up to hit a share button, when a friend mm. goes into business or is running for office or whatever the case, friends look like friends. I love it. <laughs> and so, <laughs> you know, I'm I'ma just say this. And this way, you know, everybody will be offended. There's not one person that I know that shares information like me. Everybody that has done anything except for us, shit, got to stand corrected right here. But as far as I heard he doing something, let me, I don't know anybody other than Russ that does that. All right. So when someone does it, it's, you know. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's my friend right there. That's that's my girl. You know, she going to make sure she puts that out there for me. Or that's my guy. 
You know what I'm saying? But and here's another thing. I don't befriend men easily. Why not? I don't like them. I don't trust them. I don't fuck with them. That's why the male friends that I have, they some good dudes. They are some really, really, really good men. Most of my friends are all females, and it has no, it's, it's platonic. I mean, it has nothing to do with romance. It's that I'm a mama's boy. Mm-hmm. And so all of my doctors are black male females. You know, all of my closest friends, my God sisters, I talk to like crazy. I mean, I like feminine energy because feminine energy returns love and use the women use their words and they're not uh, afraid to show um, emotion and stuff like that. Whereas, you know. You hug a brother or tell him you love him or, you know, hey, you got your checkups and like men don't do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so um, just being a mama's boy and raised and whatnot, I just feel more comfortable with my female friends. Speaking of female friends and relationships. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> How is your relationship going? And since this is going to air after Christmas, what did you get her for Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. That's a, m- my relationship has been off and on for like four years. Well, it's more on than off, but um, I have... I still believe in marriage. Okay, good. You know, I still believe in romance and all that kind of good stuff. Um, But I'm just in a place with my children that I want to... I need us to be straight. You know what I'm saying? I'm not... I, I can't be bringing... Me and these new people mm-hmm. into rebuilding my relationship with my children, right? Now, um, as far as Christmas gift, I got some home construction stuff done for. So oh. it was it wasn't um, you know the most romantic <laughs> gift, but it was you know I. I tend to be that person. I'm a practical gift giver. So, you know, she needed some things done. What's the most romantic thing you've done for a woman? Hmm. Give them a baby. (laughs) Is that not romantic? That's not romantic. Not romantic. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Um... (laughs) Let's see. What's the most romantic thing? Um, I don't know. I'm I'm not really a romantic person. I mean, I've done flowers and surprises and stuff, but I'm saying I'm I'm not. That really didn't stroke a thought <laughs> with me at all. Okay, what's the most romantic thing a woman has done for you, besides give you give a, me baby? a baby? <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh, a surprise trip. Really? Where? 
it was to Kansas City um, for my birthday and one of my best friends, Derek Thomas, um, former football player. His birthday was on January 1st, mine's December 31st. So she was just like, let's, you know, let's go. And I was like, Okay, so I get in the car. Next thing, we're, I'm, we're at the airport. Like she, this was back in the day when you know you could get tickets and all that kind of stuff, right? You know, so last minute trip to see my best friend. We shared our birthdays together. I thought that was pretty romantic. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, who is going to be the next mayor of Birmingham? Oh boy. I don't know. And I'm going to tell you, it, it, it depends. As we close out season two of Intravenous with Iva, it has been um, an honor and a pleasure for you to allow me to push buttons every week. <laughs> <laughs> um, all, all jokes aside, thank you to everyone that does tune in each week. Thank you for all of the likes and the shares on social media, um, for all of the encouragement that you've offered. And I get to see that. Uh, being executive producer, I get to see the things that people are saying recommendation-wise, what I like, what I love, what I wish. Remember I taught you that. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, it just means the world to all of us to be able to showcase Birmingham the way we are through the eyes of the listeners, because I hope you all realize we are showcasing so much of what you all want to see. To the illustrious Teresia Huffman, thank you for coming back and for being the host today. And I'm going to let you close it out. Iva, it has been a pleasure, not only just sitting in this chair interviewing you, but I really felt like it was important for people to hear who you are and to hear the conversations that you and I have had behind the scenes so that people can see you in a different light, this wise, God-fearing man that you are. I mean, throughout your interview, I kept hearing you talk about prayer and God. And for me, that speaks to me because I'm also I'm led by God. But to just know that someone who is so influential, make sure he goes to God to get his wisdom is important for me to hear. And I think it's important for our, your viewers to hear. But thank you for putting your heart into this and asking those tough questions because I know how it feels to be on the other side and have you interview me. But just getting those questions answered from people who we all look up to or admire and respect and allowing us to see them on a personal level that we can't read about on social or see in public. So thank you for just pouring your heart into intravenous and creating a platform for us. And as always, a huge shout-out to UrbanHam.com, Our360 News, and Creed63. God bless. And Merry Christmas. Hey, friends. It's Iva. I need you to do me three favors. First of all, subscribe to Intravenous wherever you are listening. Number two, Share your favorite podcasts and promos on social media to get the word out about the podcast to your friends. That would really help me a lot. And number three, 
support our 360 News. You can follow us on social media at our360news or you can subscribe on the web www.our360.news. We only post once a month with a newsletter of a story that other news outlets aren't covering and breaking news that no one else is covering. 